All right, we uh, gave you a little taste of it earlier on with Dennis, and uh, today, Sally, you are all over the place. We'll be starting in uh, the Northern Territory mm-hmm. and ending up in a couple of other places far from the top end. We certainly will, and I'm going to throw another one into the mix, Madagascar, wow. Galapagos and Antarctic. Kicking off today uh, in the great land of Oz, you never, never know, Sally, unless you never, never, never go. G- yeah. Daryl Summers, we all remember that ad, don't we? And he was, of course, as you are now, talking the Territory. And he had property there, which was what he was living um, to the west of Darwin. He had a place there on the beach, I think. He did fall in love with the Territory, and this, of course, is some years ago. Mm. But it's an easy country, or country, here I go. I'm so well, talking about like, country. It's as big as many countries. Well, it is. It's a state, though, and it's a surprising... Not even. Not even. It's a Territory. I'll get it right, yeah. But... Put it this way, it's a place that I still amaze how many people haven't been there. Mm. I often talk to people, I've never been to Darwin, you know. So it's not just about Darwin, though. The thing is, it's one of the most incredible places to visit because it's so diverse. I mean, Kakadu National Park is, is just second to none. It's, it's just fabulous. I mean, the amount of wildlife you're going to see there will just blow your mind. Even when I was there last year, we did a cruise on the Yellow Waters Billabong and that had so much rain which is a good time to see it. So a lot of people go in the dry, which is now, but you're not going to see any of the the water. Yeah. All the billabongs aren't full. Everything's dry. The waterfalls aren't running. And if you can go twice, if you go in the dry, if you want to, you're going to see more crocs because the water levels drop and they sunbank on the mud banks. But after the wet, you never know where those little critters are because they're submerged as there's no sunbank for them to, to lie on. So, yeah, it's, it's good at different times of the year. I mean, all your water lilies are out after the wet. The falls are amazing, you know. So it, it is nice to do it at, I guess, different times of year. The one part I haven't been to yet of the Territory is Arnhem Land, and I, I'm desperate to, to go there because apparently the rock art there is just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but I've been up onto the Coburg Peninsula where there's Seven Spirit Bay, which is a beautiful resort up there. And even around uh, out of Darwin down to Litchfield National Park is fantastic. The Territory Wildlife Park, again, if you can't get a chance to get to Kakadu because you haven't got enough time, if you go down to the wildlife park, you'll see every variety of species in the park. And they have a wonderful bird and raptor show where there's these beautiful sea eagles and everything fly in and land on the keeper's hand. And, you know, there's just wonderful experiences that you can do. And there's just so much. Even further down, if you want to go to Catherine and Catherine Gorge, Edith Falls, etc., is just stunning. There's a lovely walk you can do out of Catherine to um, Edith Falls as well. Then down as far as Mataranka, you've got Mataranka and near there Bitter Springs, which are just delightful areas as well. So yeah, look, you could spend so much time in the Territory and of course a lot of people who have got the time to drive and have their three month or six month ongoing vacation but of course the average person doesn't have that much time. So, but if you're going to go there and again the centre, like the red centre is way down the bottom. You've got to remember that it's way down the bottom part of the Territory you know, almost bordering on South Australia so it's a lot of distance there between the two again to try and incorporate both you could fly, though, obviously. You could fly between Darwin and Alice and then do do the, that red centre part as well as doing your top end part as well. So there's just so much on offer there. And if you do want to go when it's cheaper, they do have good specials always come out each year in the summer months because they figure people don't want to go when it's hot and rainy and all that sort of stuff. The, the one good thing about the summer months, other than seeing everything full of water, is that it's mainly nighttime rain. So... You know, you you can, and it's it's better to go, actually, when it is summer than in the build-up, what they call the build-up. If you go in November, 
the humidity and the heat is oppressive. It's just like walking out into an oven. We'll cross November off the list. So <laughs> cross November off the list. But if you like, if you went in February, March, you know, when it's sort of towards the end of the wet, even April, even into early May, your temperatures have dropped but you're going to see this lushness that you won't see in July, August. I wonder if we, uh, in a way, lose sight of, uh, of how big a place the Northern Territory is. And yes, it is more than just um, you know, the red centre and the, the dust, because, I mean, yes, it's got that, but you've got it all the way through to the, uh, the rainforest stuff. Of course, you've got your bigger towns like Darwin and Alice yeah. Springs, Ayers Rock. There, I mean, there is still a lot happening there. Oh, there is. And, of course, you can go to um, duck across into the top of Western Australia from there and, and duck, duck into Kununurra and El Questro, which is a magnificent uh, place to visit on the gorge there, or Bulo River Station, which is famous. You know, uh, Bulo River, the, uh, what was the name of the person who lived there and the author, Sarah, and I'm forgetting her last name, but I've read her books all about Bulo River. And that's another place where it's become a tourist attraction as well now, and you can actually go to Bulo River, which is a, still a working property. So there's lots of diversity there, as you said, from your waterfalls to your swimming pools to your do a flight over Kakadu, the immensity of Kakadu when you do a flight over mm. it, like any of these large um, natural um, phenomenons, it's really great to do a flight over so you get that real idea of the immensity of the whole area. A completely different aspect because you're up and you can see everything. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, it does have the crocs and the snakes as well. Just got to mention that. Well, well, I know, <laughs> I know. Well, we steer clear of them, but people do silly things. I mean, there's so many signs everywhere, you know, mm. to stay clear of banks and everything. You've just got to be very sensible. Yeah. Sally, a couple of really diverse and rich places uh, across the world. There's a couple of them we're going to pick. Which which of those places you want to go to first? Okay, we'll go to the Galapagos first. And, of course, David Attenborough, both this destination I'm going to talk about and the next he just speaks so remarkably about because they are so diverse. And to get to the Galapagos, you've virtually got to go from Ecuador. It's sort of due west of Ecuador. You fly into Quito and Quito itself is a lovely town anyway, cobblestone streets and everything to spend some time up in that Andes area. And then you go across and you can you do mainly do a cruise around the Galapagos Islands depending on how much time you've got. And, you know, they vary from a few days up to a week. Uh, there are specialist diving for those who are into diving because the waters are so pristine. The animals aren't scared of you. You can get quite close because they haven't had interference. So, you know, you can be swimming with turtles. You could be swimming with, you know, dolphins. And you'll see these wonderful um, big, you know, land. They're the biggest, the Galapagos turtle, mm. a tortoise rather, on land. The, the blue-footed boobies, they're so cute with their blue feet. Um, you know, you see, you see all sorts of bird life. So it's just an incredible place. If it's not on your list, um, certainly I would put it on your list because it is considered one of the most biodiverse uh, you know, group of islands or archipelago in the world. And it is an archipelago of islands. It's not one island. That's why you usually do it by vessel so yep. that you can visit a few of the islands because they've all got different species living on the islands. Oh, that's good because you, you get like, you get to split it up a bit and you go to one island, you see something in different islands yeah. somewhere else. That's... And they're small vessels. Mm. Like they're, We're not talking large cruise yeah. vessels. We're talking vessels that only might take a dozen people or some a bit more, of course. But, yes, that you, it's small ship cruising, of course, but so that you can nudge into all these islands, obviously. But then again, Madagascar is the other one I was going to mention, which, of course, is off the African coast. It was originally, like all our barrier reef was, attached to the mainland and eventually over time separated. And when it separated, all the world-famous lemurs, which I love, they're the cutest animal on earth, there's nowhere else in the world where they live. 
except there. Um, they have taken a couple across to the Cormorous Islands, but that's, this is where they come from. And it's considered the world's top mega diverse, and it's one of the highest priority of diversity hotspots on Earth. Also, these lemurs can range anything from as tiny little pygmy ones, they almost call them up to, there's a hundred varieties or so of lemurs. It's not just one variety. But they're also, like everything else that's happening in the world, getting scarcer and scarcer. And so they're almost, you know, on the protection, or they are on the protection mm. list already. So if you wanted to go there, there's some wonderful itineraries that just do like an eight-day package of just taking you into all of this. They've got famous baobab forests. They've got all different species of birds as well. But, yes, the, this place is just stunning. If you ever want to Google it and have a look at Madagascar and look at the scenery, and it, it's just, again, somewhere very special to go, particularly if you're already in East Africa and maybe touring there, why not add on? Madagascar and it would be interesting but also it'd still be relaxing yeah I love the sound of that and it'll be a little bit different than the movie <laughs> well at, oh, nothing like nothing like the movie Mark no and uh, no it's not but yeah I think just what a wonderful place to visit but yes as I said you, you trek you do some treks on these some of these itineraries are well so a certain level of fitness is required because mm. they're taking you into some forests and different areas to see all these wonderful diverse yeah, spots, so you don't want to miss out, and so you would require it. And you would be advised by your travel agent, even the tour companies will let you know what level of fitness is required to do any of these itineraries. So we always ask that of, of our client, you know, to make sure that they're well enough to undertake whatever the itinerary is that they're looking at. Yeah, everything from uh, sedentary to Rob DiCostello, everything in between. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right, Mark. Down to the freezing cold, literally, of Antarctica. Absolutely, and I'm so excited because... I could never have told, never uh, tell. Polar pioneers back, and that was a little vessel, little Russian icebreaker when there was hardly anyone else going down there so it's amazing how much the industry mm. has changed in that period of time so that was 18 years ago and, and that has changed so much but she's back and she's had a refurbish and it's a nice strengthened research ship but she started her life in finland in 1985 and spent many years plying the treacherous waters of the ussr north coast but she now has um 50 uh, passengers, that's all. So it's very personal. It's lovely. Even when we went all those years ago, we had about oh, 13 different nationalities out of 54 people, which was amazing. Mm. So it was incredible. And because she's small, that she has got low impact on the Antarctic as well. So there's no worries about that. And, of course, there's less people on shore at any given time. You can all... Fit, they can have all the zodiacs go at once, which means that's really you get more time on land to in, just enjoy. It's just so special. It's so I don't know. It's it's hard to explain the frozen white continent because you you feel privileged to be there, and you're surrounded by these huge sometimes glaciers. Like one of the bays we one day had fifteen glaciers spilling down into one bay. Mm. Is it's it just what, phenomenal? Uh, having not been there, and you have, mm. is it what? When you get there, is it somewhere that you, you what you get is what you're expecting, or is it just much? Is it so much more bigness? So, so, yeah, no, bigness isn't a word, but that's okay, Mark. I'll let you have it. No, but it, no, it is. It's 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 overwhelming. Okay. Um, I think it's it's beautiful. It's stunning, and you're down there obviously only in summer months, so you really only have about an hour of night light or two. So as the sun goes down. 
the moon comes up and then the sun comes up again. So you've got daylight nearly the whole time. So you do get a lot of time ashore. You go across in the zodiacs morning and afternoon. The only time you wouldn't go ashore is if the wind picks up, they're not going to put you at risk. The water is freezing. You wouldn't last in there very long if the zodiac tipped up. So obviously safety is paramount, as you can understand, with any of these. But also because it's a smaller vessel, what I'm saying is you will get a lot more time on land. So when choosing to go down there, it doesn't have to be Polar Pioneer, but I would suggest always going on a vessel that takes less guests. All right, as uh, we've uh, uncovered today, there are plenty of places around the world to go, including here in Australia and, uh, of course, uh, the Hot Deals. That's where we're at now? That's where we're at right now. So there's some wonderful tours have come out next year for Turkey, if you're interested, particularly for people who are interested in, in getting to Gallipoli as well. And they range anything like if you were just popping in as a a stopover on a flight. You can even just do a little three-day package if you didn't have the length of time. But, of course, Turkey has a lot to offer. So, you know, don't don't forget that it's from, you know, not just Gallipoli, Kanakali, Troy, um, Ephesus, um, Pamukkale, Cappadocia, there's, it's just a beautiful place. Of course, you've got those wonderful caves that you can visit as well. And there's some fantastic balloon flights you can do over those as well. So keep those in mind. There's a whole range of lovely tours that have come out, ranging from three to 14 days. The Cook Islands, another one of my beautiful little island destinations I love. Um, and you will fall in love with the cooks if you get there. It, the, the people just, you know what islanders are like, they've got a permanent smile on their face almost. They're just so friendly and, you know, they've got a bus that just goes around the island, the clockwise bus and the anti-clockwise, very original names. And you, you, yeah, it's you, just you, fantastic. Yeah, but the thing is, you you know what it is. Like there's there's no sort of, <laughs> there's, there's nothing ambiguous about it. You know no, what's going on. Absolutely. Anyway. Anyway, there's some lovely packages at the moment available up till the 31st of August where there's savings anywhere from $400 up to $1,000 per couple. So keep that in mind if you're thinking of getting over to the Cooks. Um, if you've not... We have been talking a lot about river cruising lately and I just thought I'd throw in there, everyone seems to want to do the Amsterdam to Budapest. It's it's the one on everyone's list, the 15-day cruise. But don't forget you've got cruises to other parts of Europe, like the Balkans around Croatia and everything. You know, we can go out of um, Budapest going south into those Romania, Croatia sites. And you've got also the Balkans and you've got the Douro River in Portugal, which you can do lovely, go up these gorgeous wine-growing districts. And, of course, northern France, where you can get up to Normandy and can experience um, a tour along the Normandy beaches, learning about what happened there on D-Day and through World War II. Mont Saint-Michel, that wonderful castle that's joined by a causeway, which is just near Normandy as well. So there's lots of river cruises as well as barge cruising and your own self-driven canal boats, things like that you can do, and you can do that in England as well. So there's rivers everywhere in the world, of course, and just about most countries will offer you a river cruise, which is a delightful way to experience the world at a slow pace. Self-driven, that's very interesting. Yeah, Mm. drive your own. You can do that. Yeah, well, they don't. They've got a governor on them. You can mm. only go so many knots. Mm-hmm. So you can do that in, in France and you can do it in England and lots of other areas as well where you, you can just hire, have your own group of friends, you know, and get it catered and off you go. Sally, we've covered quite a lot today uh, <laughs> all over the joint. Uh, if you can't find somewhere that you're happy with there, you're just not trying hard enough, I reckon. <laughs> um, look, you have yourself a great week. Thank you. And uh, we'll do it all again next Friday afternoon after one. That's uh, Talking Travel with Sally Lucas. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.